Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. Welcome to part two of the CPSA's Sales Pro Chat Podcast. Once again, we are very lucky to be joined by Colleen Francis. And in this second part of the podcast, which looks at the idea that uh, the best sellers are not necessarily team players, we're, we're going we're gonna to focus on why and how salespeople can be focused on themselves, be more individualistic and achieve all their wonderful KPIs and quotas. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. So, Colleen, once again, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. What do the best salespeople really care about, Colleen? Is it money? Is it career progression? Is it status? Is it success? Is it all of the above? Big question to start with. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, it's money, um, but it's not just about money. Um, it's about recognition. Um, top salespeople also are deeply committed to um, feeling like they're making a difference in their clients' lives or that they um, are serving their customers. They're committed to that community. Um, I know top sellers in every industry who truly feel um, a deep empathy for their customers and get great um, a great sense of pride for uh, being able to help them and what, you know looking how people are thriving around them. Um, top salespeople also really value the flexibility um, that they have in their jobs and that if they're doing well, they can be afforded an extra day off every once in a while if they need to or they can work from home or they can work from anywhere because companies will recognize and reward that. So it's really a whole combination of things um, tied up in the lifestyle that is afforded to them when they're a top salesperson. Okay, thank you very much. Now, uh, you recently wrote a wonderful blog post on exactly this topic, uh, which, which ladies and gentlemen, stimulated the, uh, the idea in my mind that we have to talk about this because it's so juicy. Uh, so can you, can you explain what you meant when you suggested many sales leaders and companies make the mistake that a sales team is like a soccer team or a football team where everyone has to be playing together in order for the organization to grow. And then you continue a sales team. It's more like a gymnastics team where every individual has to excel in their own narrow parameters. Can, can, you, can you talk us through that? Yeah, you know, a lot of people believe that um, a sales team needs to work together. Um, or a sales team needs to be a cohesive unit, or you have to be a team player to be um, successful. And what we found with top performers is they are not team players. Now, people get their backs up about this, and they say, 
that that means that they're arrogant or that means that they are um selfish or mean or nasty i am not talking about um you know uh people who are backstabbing jerks <laughs> what i'm talking about is that top performers are self-motivated they're individual contributors they look at the time that they have during the day and the time that they need to spend in their territory and they prioritize customer interactions over interactions with the team they also understand that it doesn't matter if bob or mary in the territory beside me are t are performing well or not in order for me to hit my goal it's more important for the individual salesperson and the top performer to have great relationships internally with other people that support them inside the organization. You could almost say that they, they build up this virtual team um, around them that serves their customer. So they might have great team rapport with the marketing person assigned to their territory or the accounts payable person or the shipping person or the production manager because those are all the people that contribute to the success of their customer. Which is a great lead on to the next question. Um, so if, if top performing salespeople don't need to work closely with other sales team members, Colleen, who, who should they, who must they listen to and why? Who, who, who are those people in, in the company then who can offer the intel and the guidance needed to help more autonomous sales stars achieve and excel? Yeah, great. That's a great question. First of all, they need to be working closely with their manager, their coach, because it's their coach who's going to be able to provide objective evidence as to um, whether they're performing well and what's coming down in the future and provide them some guidance and strategy. Um, second of all, they need to be working well with any marketing colleagues that are affecting lead generation and awareness in their marketplace so that they can stay closely aligned with the messages that are going out, promotions, lead generation, and be highly responsive when marketing is creating opportunities. They also need to have great relationships with anyone who has direct contact with their customers. So for example, many of my clients in um, commodity trading type organizations, they're delivering physical product to customer, um, whether it be agricultural products or oil and gas or industrial supplies. There's a driver in a truck dropping product off at their customer. They need to have a great relationship with those drivers so that the drivers nurture those customers, bring back opportunities. Um, likewise, of many of my manufacturing clients, I find that top performers have a good relationship with the production managers because they can then go onto the shop floor and make sure that their orders are being run and shipped and produced um, in a timely manner. Um, and in some cases, we have clients who also build strong relationships with their accounts, um, receivable accounts payable departments to make sure that, um, or maybe it's a customer service department, to make sure that those people who, again, have a relationship with their clients, um, bills are being sent in a timely manner, credits are being applied, bills are accurate, you know, and, and things like that. So they're building these relationships. Um, internally to create almost like a, a virtual customer success team so that they have lots of eyes and ears on the ground to make sure that their market is being served correctly. I would concur. Always make friends with uh, those in accounts payable, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that was one of the, uh, the first, <laughs> first lessons exactly. I was taught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's, yeah. uh, let's talk about tactics now, Colleen. Uh, how can salespeople get more selfish, i.e., 
reducing the hours spent on mundane, if you like, tasks and take back control of their calendar? <laughs> uh, well, that's a, great, that's a great question as well. So salespeople do have to be um, very diligent um, in managing their time because the time is the one thing that we can't create more of. And so having those um, blocking their time and uh, being um, religious, really, about saying these are the time frames that I'm seeing customers. And so therefore, we're not, you know, we're going to minimize our time on internal issues. So blocking the time in the calendar, having periods of time that are closed door, um, you know, <laughs> closed door operations, if we want to call that, um, scheduling non-urgent client issues, you know, at before nine and after four o'clock, um, and really taking, um, making a concerted effort to say, this is my client time. I mean, that, that's a mindset, right? It's so easy to get distracted. But I find that the top performers that I work with maintain very rigorous schedules where they do a certain set of tasks, um, you know, for one hour a day. Maybe they'll do their calls. They have to do outbound to new opportunities from 9 to 10. Then they take a break, and from 10.30 to 11.30, they're working on responding to inbound emails. And then you know, they take a lunch break and then they go on client calls in the afternoon or they work on a proposal that they have to get out. But they structure their time and they block it in the calendar so that everybody sees that it's blocked and they don't book up meetings because <laughs> they say, oh, look, Colleen has an hour open. Let's steal it from her. <laughs> no monkeys on the backs, ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're going to avoid that. Okay, so um, I, I think we're on the same page, Pauline, when, when, when we're talking here that it's not all salespeople who get to be individualistic and, and focused on their goals straight off the bat. Of course, we're, we're talking in the context of top performance, I, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, Julian salespeople, for example, they, they need to, they need to, as you were talking about um, in, the, in the last interview, they need to shadow those people who are successful. They need to learn. They, they need to uh, cut their teeth, so to speak. So who does get to be, selfish, I'm going to use that word again, at, at what stage in your sales career can you say, I've learned what I need, I've proven my knowledge, now let me get out there and sell? <laughs> well, you are, you, we're bordering on an arrogance as opposed to a selfish <laughs> conversation here. No one gets to be arrogant and say that they've learned all they need to learn, um, because that then means that you don't think that you can improve. Um, and I do believe that all salespeople, even if they're junior or brand new, have to be selfish to some degree. They just have to be selfish about different things. So they have to say, okay, I need to spend X number of hours a day learning the business value of my product. What's the best way to do that? Is it to go out and trail a top performer and listen to what they're saying or being on the phone? Or is it to spend some time reading? Or do I need to spend some time with my manager or other people in the organization? So having people drive some of that self-learning is really important. Um, nobody gets to say, I'm too good for coaching or I'm too good for training. I mean, imagine if, you know, Stephen Curry decided, well, hey, you know, I'm too good for practice. So all the rest of my team, the Golden State Warriors can go out and practice, but I'm going to stay home. He'd be off the team pretty fast <laughs> because, again, that's being arrogant, not being selfish. 
Now, can, can an environment of results first, individualistic salespeople, Colleen, can it, can it create a toxic work environment and lead to a higher churn? You, you've, you've spoken previously in this interview about um, the, the, the idea of uh, the, the negative consequences of, of, of negative competition. So uh, can, can that happen? Can it be a bad environment? And, but does it really matter frankly if if you're if you've got an environment where at least you're retaining your best salespeople yeah you know you raise a really good point so a lot of people will mistake what i mean um when i say they don't have to be team players so i don't mean that they can be jerks and they can be mean and nasty to everyone else it doesn't mean that being not being a team player doesn't mean that I look at someone on the team and make fun of them or that I refuse to give them any time or that I don't show up and I'm snarky. Um, being a, not being a team player just means that I'm managing my territory and my customers first. So you do have to be careful when you're managing a bunch of top performers because they do have this individualistic um, and individual contribution mentality first, but we do still want to create um, a friendly environment, right? We don't want to create a toxic environment. <laughs> and so bringing the team together, they can share success stories. They need to be present at team meetings and be sharing in team meetings. Um, you don't want to create an environment or foster environment where you say, okay, everyone, we're having our sales team meeting on a Friday morning and the top performers are sitting at the back doing email pretending like the meeting is important to them because, I mean, that's just being stupid and that's being arrogant. So there is a fine line here between being arrogant and also um, and being toxic. And as, like, a, for example, a customer of mine will say, well, Colleen, they're a top performer, so I can't really tell them what to do. They don't want to use the CRM. They don't want to follow our proposal template. They don't want to. Well, now they're not... Um, you're running the risk now of having the whole team look at that top performer and saying, well, if Bob doesn't have to participate, then I don't have to participate, which creates this um, unhealthy environment. So not being a team player does still mean that you have a role or a responsibility on the organization as a top performer of leading by example, of, of showing up, of doing your job, of participating, of learning, applying, and continuing that top performance, not just in a production standpoint, but as an overall team leader standpoint. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Thank you very much. Um, oh, those CRMs, eh? the, the ongoing battle of the salesperson <laughs> and the, the use of the CRM. We could do a whole different show on that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just one last question for you today. Uh, kind, kind of just to, to recap, because you've touched upon it a few times in the interview, but just to recap for those leaders listening to the show today. How, how can managers of salespeople facilitate ways for more junior sales folk to, to learn from top sellers without putting too much pressure on top performers to become mentors? Ah, yes, this is a topic that I love because I truly believe you can use your best to mentor the rest, but you need to do it in a way that doesn't take production time out of that top performer. So here are some ways to do that. One, when you're a manager and you're in a coaching session with that top performer, draw out of them what it is that they're doing well so that you can then use that and um, leverage it with the rest of the team. So you can curate that and share it with the rest of the team. Two, when you've got um, uh, someone who needs some performance um, enhancement, maybe someone who's 
you know, your number two, number three, number four person on the team, send them out for a day to make sales calls or listen if it's an inside sales team to that top performer. Have the top performer do their day exactly as if they had nobody else with them. Um, so they're not taking time out of their day, but you've got somebody trailing them, listening and capturing those notes so that they can apply it to their own business. Third thing is you have regular sales meetings. Turn a portion of that meeting over the to the top performer. They have to be there. They're going to be engaged. Turn 15 minutes over to them to have them share a win or how they got past a specific issue or how they handle a skill so that they can be teaching the rest of the team how they do something in their marketplace. And that has two benefits. One, it ensures that the rest of the team hears about that success. But two, it helps that top performer make conscious what they're doing incredibly well so that they can then replicate it and have more success on purpose. Wonderful. Well, um, just finally, for those people looking to, to have more success in their lives and, and to learn more, how, how, can they, how can they connect with you, Colleen, and how can they learn more about Engage Selling Solutions? Ah, well, they're welcome. Anyone is welcome to join my uh, website. Um, you can find me at EngageSelling.com. And, of course, um, we are present on all social media channels, be it LinkedIn, um, Facebook, and Twitter. There, we do active video production on a weekly basis, so you're welcome to sign up for any of my videos or any of my blogs. And of course, you can pick up a copy of my book, Nonstop Sales Boom, at uh, wherever your favorite bookseller happens to be these days. Awesome. Well, that just leaves me to say, Colleen Francis, thank you very much for being the guest on the Sales Pro Chat Show. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.